Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The Fan, live from the Lakeland University studios. Lakeland University offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer, AR, Adam Roberts, executive producer, other side of the glass. It's going to be a fun show today. And again, thanks to Toby Altizer, Sam Schnitz, AR, Adam Roberts, everybody that filled in for me while I was gone here on Sparky's Midday Madness Uh and filling in for this one-hour show that we do each and every day. I want to get into uh, what's coming up on today's show. Jacob Westendorf uh, coming up on today's show. He'd been filling in for Andy Herman on his podcast, Speck of Day podcast. Uh, of course, Game on Wisconsin. He'll be joining us coming up uh, here in about uh, 13 minutes from right now. Jacob Westendorf, first time on The Madness. Also, if you miss Ron Wolf, and boy, oh boy, did you miss some stuff. I mean, there. There was stuff in that that Ron Wolf interview from earlier today on the big show that none of us had ever heard about Bill Parcells and how that whole thing played out um, and his thoughts on Sterling Sharp, uh, his thoughts on Mike Holmgren. There, there, that interview was money. If you have not heard that interview, we'll play that for you coming up at about 2.30, 2.35. Call your friends. Tell your family members. You want to hear Ron Wolf. And right now, if you want to hear in particular that story about Parcells, Sparky, you can check it out at BigShowNetwork.com. We've got the article up with that specific story for you to listen to. Yeah, that would be great. That that would be great. So go make sure to check that out as well. Okay, so uh, those two uh, are coming up here in the show. Uh, when we did the big show here, uh, we've really focused mostly on Jordan Love. We really didn't get into anybody or anything else for the Green Bay Packers. So my question is this, and we don't have a ton of time, but my question is this. Who or what stood out to you in this game? Good or bad. Doesn't really matter. Good or bad. Let's stay away from Jordan Love. We did Jordan Love. So outside of Jordan Love, who uh, or what stood out to you, good or bad, from that game on Friday night? 414-677-1250. 414-677-1250 is the phone number if you want to have a board here in this first segment. I tweeted this out um, after the game was all done. I really wasn't tweeting a ton during the game, but Amari Rodgers. Hallelujah. Praise be the Lord. Praise be the Lord. He dropped that weight, and we knew he dropped weight, but I was still waiting to see, okay, how good will he look? How much different will he look? That Amari Rodgers against the Niners? That looked like Amari Rodgers at Clemson. That was the guy we all thought we were getting, Packer fans, when they drafted him. That's what you wanted to see. That burst on that return? Didn't have that all last year. Not a chance. That will play for the Green Bay Packers. Now, the next part of all of this is going to be, while that definitely will play, where does he fit into the wide receiver role? And we asked Ron Wolf this when he was on. You'll hear that coming up a little bit as far as, you know, are you keeping guys specifically for special teams, even though, you know, maybe they're not going to help an awful ton on offense or defense? Because I'm here to tell you, 
If we're talking wide receiver, just wide receiver, Amari Rodgers probably isn't on this team. Just being honest. Because you know Lazard and Cobb are on this team. You know Watson and, and, Dubs are, and Dobbs are on this team. So those four for sure are on this football team. Now the questions become after that. Toure from Nebraska, who I like. Danny Davis from Wisconsin, who I think is probably a practice squad guy. And then, obviously, Amari Rogers. Now, this is before you see any cuts that may occur uh, around the NFL. And I'm not even talking about Jawan Winfrey. I love Jawan Winfrey. Loved him last year. Still love him. Can he stay healthy? Don't know. We'll see. But I'm a big Jawan Winfrey guy as well. So if you're going to keep Amari Rogers, you're assuming, or at least I am, that you're keeping him mainly for special teams and probably not going to play a ton. Because the only other way I, th- I think he plays is if you go with him and essentially he replaces Randall Cobb. But you're not cutting Randall Cobb. That's out of the question. You're not taking away Randall Cobb from Aaron Rodgers after everything you've been through with Aaron Rodgers. So that is not happening. He is staying on this football team. So maybe you move and you trade Amari Rodgers? I don't know. I don't know what you do uh, other than to say, if you go seven wide receivers, if that's, if that's what the plan is, and if you count this out, right, and we're going to assume Sammy Watkins is making this team because I know there are a lot of people that I've heard and seen on Twitter that think Sammy Watkins is in trouble or may not make this team. I can't, I can't see it, man. I just can't. I, I, I find it hard to believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to sign off on letting a veteran, true veteran wide receiver that's been in this league a long time, that's got the ability to break a big play, walk away for an inexperienced player. Like, I, I just don't. And he's cheap. I just don't see it. So, Lazard, Watkins, and Cobb. Boom, those three. Okay, fine. Now you go to four. Now it's Dobbs and Watson. That's five. Amari Rodgers is six. And then it's, you know, like we were talking about, Jawan Winfrey, Toure, Danny Davis. I think, and maybe I'm wrong, I, I think if you, if you let those guys go, more than likely they're going to end up elsewhere. Or on somebody else's practice squad. There's, I would be very surprised if Jawan Winfrey stays healthy and plays well this preseason and then is released by the Packers. I would be surprised if somebody else didn't pick him up and put him on their team. Now, y'all know I'm a Colts fan too. Their wide receivers are hot trash. Just horrible. I mean, they've got one, maybe two of this Alex Pierce kid from Cincinnati works out. Besides Michael Pittman. The rest of them are dropping balls left and right. I mean, that team is going to be on the hunt for wide receivers. And they won't be the other one, only ones. There are teams around the league that are looking for wideouts at this point. So that is another possibility where these guys are just going to get snatched up. And as we talked about earlier with Ryan Wood, you know, Goody said that, hey, this isn't necessarily like how it used to be where, okay, we have to have so many offensive linemen. We only can have so many wide receivers. And that now because of the practice squad and so forth, now you have more flexibility maybe just to keep the most – or the best players on your 53, and then fill in your backups or whatever you may need on the practice squad in case somebody were to get hurt. The depth chart was interesting. We brought this up on the big show about Mercedes Lewis being out there in front of uh, Josiah DeGuara. And I don't know where I heard it. If Adam knows where I heard it, he can tell me. Somebody on this station, and I don't remember who it was, said that Mercedes Lewis... On the side during training camp, I think it was last week, maybe it was two weeks ago, was helping DeGuara with pass pro and showing him different things that he needed to work on and get better at while the practice was going on. Had him aside and was working with him while practice was going on and giving him tips and stuff, almost like an additional coach. If that actually was happening, that's gold. That's absolute gold. Because obviously, Mercedes Lewis is not going to play a ton of snaps. That's just not going to happen. Older player, you're going to rest him, put him in situations where you want him. But if he can be an additional coach and help these younger tight ends out, that's great. The other part about this is Robert Tunyon. So, okay, so now he's going to be back. 
I can't imagine he or Elton Jenkins play preseason. I I would okay. They're not going to play this week. I can't imagine. But then that last third that third preseason game, if they make the decision to play Aaron Rodgers in the third and final preseason game, would they also then make the decision to play Elton Jenkins and Robert Tunyon coming off injury in that game as well to kind of shake the rust off a, a little bit maybe for a quarter uh, and then sit them and get them ready for the regular season? Or do you let them not shake the rust off until the very first game, which, as Leroy pointed out, is a division game uh, against the Minnesota Vikings? And then, of course, there's David Bakhtiari, who we've talked about. As far as when do you bring him back and how quickly are you to want to see him play and shake off the rust? Because similar to the Lions game, where there was no need for him to play that game going into the playoffs, you played him anyhow, and then he couldn't play in the playoffs, there really is no need to play him in these preseason games. Unless the logic is similar to that of the Lions, which is let's get some rust off of him so he's ready to go in the playoffs. However, you are then gambling that he's able to stay healthy and make it through. It is such a difference-making piece to this offense. Is David Bakhtiari healthy or not? If Yasha's in there, he's solid. I don't worry about it. If Bakhtiari is in there, I don't know if you're able to do more or less one way or the other, but if he's right, one of the best left tackles in football, maybe the best left tackle in football went right. Now, will he be right? Will he ever be right again? Will he ever play at the same level that he was playing at before prior to all of these surgeries? No clue. But once he's on the field, he's not coming off. It's not happening. Once he's out there left tackle, if he struggles, they're not taking him out, guys. <laughs> it's just not happening. You're paying the guy a ton of money. He's got a Hall of Fame-type track record of a career at this point. Like He's not coming out. You're going to have to play through with that. whatever struggles he may have. You're going to have to play through it. That, that's that's my read on this whole situation. So, and, and we go back to position counts and how this is all going to play out as far as trading camp goes. As far as how many of these offensive linemen are you going to keep? Because right now, they are really deep inside with guards, right? They have got a ton of guards. Then you've got several guys that can play guard or tackle, like that time guy that they just drafted. So they've played him at right tackle. They've played him at right guard. And they're trying to figure out, you know, how that all is going to work. But if Elton Jenkins is going to start at right tackle, which in right now, I would guess he probably will be. That'll be your starting right tackle with Yash or Bakhtiari left tackle and then all the depth inside at guard. I think you're in a real good position. And they're all younger players outside of Bakhtiari. So it should be fun to see how this whole thing plays out. And hopefully, like Leroy said, we don't have any fights or injuries happening between the Packers and Saints starting tomorrow as they scrimmage leading up to the second preseason game coming up this week. And also, uh, for those of you wondering, Gary Ellerson and myself back for the Green and Gold postgame show this year. We'll start them in uh, during the regular season, but we are doing Green and Gold postgame shows again this year. Uh, Gary and myself after each and every uh, Packer game throughout the uh, entire regular season and playoffs. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Again, we'll start that up in the regular season. All right, coming up next, Jacob Westendorf, first time. Sparky's Midday Madness. We'll talk more Packer football with him right here on 1250 AM, The Fan. This was my... Our theme song for my prom. I went to prom. This was our theme song. We were in the car, leaving dinner, going to prom. This song came on. We're like, ah, this would be our theme song for the night. It was really good. Yeah, it was good. What do you think, AR? Well, uh, I didn't go to my senior prom, so I wouldn't You didn't go to your senior prom? Went to my junior prom, not my senior prom. It was such an awful experience my junior year, I didn't want to go the next year. Oh, my God. That was terrible. We gotta so, get into this another time. Yeah, we, we got. I don't want to get into it now, but yeah, but I, I yeah, I want to hear this story later. Yeah, uh, my 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 prom was interesting too. I had a I had a great time. I did not have a bad experience at all, but an interesting story to go along with with my prom experience as well. Uh, joining us now, uh, here on Sparky's Midday Madness and the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he is of course uh, Jacob Westendorf. Follow him on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf, uh, and of course, if you know Jacob Westendorf, you know he's with Game On Wisconsin. Uh, also, and I did not know this, I saw it uh, in your bio, Pro Football Writers of America. You're part of that as well, Jacob? Yeah, I just became a member uh, last January, right before the Packers uh, lost to the 49ers. I thought it's going to be a good time. Green Bay is going to make a Super Bowl run, having that little thing next to my byline as some things as the Packers get to the Super Bowl and then 
two days later, they decided uh, not to do that. So, yeah, I've uh, been there for a little little under a year, I guess. So it's been fun um, getting to know some people, and I've learned a lot along the way from some of my peers in that group as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, also, you do some uh, stuff with Andy Herman over the Packer Day podcast, too. Weren't you filling in for him this week, I want to say, talking Packers, Niners? Yeah, I was doing uh, his video. So Andy does a video every day. I do that, and then I am on the show uh, every Tuesday with Ross Uglum and Jacob Morley. I think you guys are familiar with one, if not both. Both, of them. yeah. Jacob Morley did our draft show with us this year. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Morley's my partner in crime for my off-season draft show, so that's perfect. We did the Green Bay draft guide together. He's really good with all that stuff. So I do that. I do Packer Report. I do Game On. If you find me uh, talking Packers just about anywhere, that's actually you can probably find that, like I said, just about anywhere. That's awesome. All right, so we were talking about uh, all day today, obviously. Jordan Love, his three interceptions. Uh, Matt LaFleur coming to his rescue afterwards, saying two of those weren't his fault. The last one, he had multiple receivers uh, running the wrong route. I said uh, to start the big show several hours ago uh, that I, I think that Jordan Love looked like an average starting quarterback in the NFL, um, which is a significant step forward from him because previous to this, he definitely did not look like an average quarterback in the NFL. How would you assess how Jordan Love looked? Uh, it's, I think it was about the same as what we've seen from him uh, just about you know through last preseason. And then obviously the Kansas City game, I think you can safely toss that out uh, just based on everything. Obviously the Rodgers situation, he's thrown in in the middle of the week. You can toss all that stuff out. But everything else, there's some high highs. The touchdown pass to Romeo Dobbs is an example of one of those. And there's some low lows. You know, I mean, I know Matt LaFleur, kudos going to bat for your quarterback. You can say those two interceptions uh, earlier in the game weren't his fault. The one off Tyler Davis's face mask certainly wasn't. The Dobbs one, I think, could have been avoided. But even if I absolve him of that one, the way Matt LaFleur seems to have, there were some others. You know, ball was batted in the air by Jawan Winfrey. That pass very easily could have been intercepted. And a rollout to Love's right where he kind of threw one up for grabs. His arm got hit, and he's kind of lucky it fell aimlessly to the turf there in Santa Clara. So I would say, you know, if you want to call it average, I think that's fair. Um, With some higher upside stuff in there, he can certainly get better. Uh, It's just not where I don't think you would want him to be or where you're hoping he would be as somebody that's in his third year as a player. But the good news for him is we get to see, you know, two big practices this week. And a big game is can he stack a performance together? Because he's never started in his career, whether preseason or otherwise. He's never started back-to-back week because he missed that middle game last year with that shoulder. All right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And the other thing that I want to see is because you have these this inter-squad practice during the week, how much run is he going to get uh, versus how much run Aaron Rodgers is going to get? And then how will he look during the course of the week? Because we know 12 is not going to play in the game. So that means he's going to get a look at these DBs and guys he's going to be facing uh, during the game. Uh, so you, you get a little bit of an advantage, I feel like, going into that preseason game when you're scrimmaging against the team. Yeah, there's a lot of benefits to this. And one of the, I think, the most positive things about Matt LaFleur coming in as the Packers head coach has been every year since he's been here, he's had those joint practices, except for obviously the COVID season. But right. you, brought those, um, you brought those joint practices in together. And I think they're more competitive. They're in a controlled environment. And you're going to see some more game planning type things in those practices than you're going to see in a preseason game because obviously they're not filming practice and distributing that out and about like they can the games and that stuff is, I mean, I can see that stuff. So can the rest of the world. So that stuff is thrown out about. So yeah, I'm interested to see how he does in practice. And then if that carries over in fact, the game and how much they use him last year, from what I can recall from, you know, those two days against the jets when he was practicing, he didn't practice. So it didn't even really matter how much he was doing. Cause he was hurt. So didn't play in the game, didn't play in the practice. So this is a big opportunity for him. Talking with Jacob Westendorf here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. That wide receiver position is a position that I'm curious to see how many they're going to end up keeping here at the end of the day. You know, some are saying, well, Sammy Watkins isn't guaranteed a job. I can't see Rodgers being okay with letting a veteran wide receiver go that can separate himself and create some mismatches go, uh, regardless of how much he may or may not play in the preseason. So from my perspective, I think it's Watkins, Cobb, Lazard, uh, Amari Rogers, even though I, I don't know if I would keep him myself, but I think they will. So that 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 four, then you've got Dobbs and Watson. That's six, uh, and that leaves Toure on the outside looking in, Jawan Winfrey outside looking in, Danny Davis outside looking in. H- how do you think this wide receiver position shakes out here, as far as how many you think they'll keep? 
Yeah, that's a good question. I think you mentioned the guys, obviously. Amari Rogers played uh, much better. He looked better on, on Friday night than I think he has at any point in his NFL career, which we saw last year he struggled as a rookie. So how much is that saying? Who knows? But it's positive. Those things happen. And he's, at least right now, you know, a lot of things can change. But right now he's the leader in the clubhouse and team's kickoff returner. So I think he's going to make the team, as you mentioned. You mentioned the two rookies and then the veterans. There's been some scuttle, like you said, that could they cut Sammy Watkins? But, I mean, there's really a debate between Watkins and Randall Cobb. Who's the most accomplished receiver on this Packers roster? And Rodgers, like you mentioned, he's, he's not the GM, but he's in conversations with the GM every day. Is he going to be okay with letting one of those veterans go and essentially handing the keys to Jawan Winfrey over him or maybe – Samari Toure or somebody like that that you mentioned, along with the other two rookies that are already on the roster. It's a lot to process there. Ultimately, I think this could be a year where they keep seven guys and try and find, you know, Juwan Winfrey has played on some special teams units. That certainly helps his case for making the roster. And because of the situation that they're in, there is no, you know, an easy button or a default answer. Because in the past, the default answer was Devontae Adams. It's like, well, they're going to keep other guys around him and they'll kind of mix and match how those things work. And it's all okay because they have Devontae Adams. Now, they don't have Devontae Adams. Newsflash, I'm sure you guys have talked about that once or twice this offseason. But you can't just kind of mix and match that group together the way that maybe you used to any longer because you don't have that alpha guy at the top. The positive spin for that has been talked about. Maybe it means Rodgers spreads the ball around a little bit more. The negative spin is we don't know anything about any of these guys in the roles that they're going to be in. So I think they keep as many bodies as possible in that room just in case there's injuries, rookie mistakes, growing pains, any of that stuff. So I end up thinking they go with seven. If you want my seventh guy right now, it'd be Aaron Rodgers talked about Juwan Winfrey on Adam Shine's podcast. He's mentioned him a couple different times. I think that's your guy right now. I love Jawan Winfrey, even though he couldn't stay healthy last year. I, I like him a lot. I'd be interested to see what he could do if given the chance. I, you know, the other thing that I'm, I, I don't know if I'm concerned, maybe I'm a little bit concerned about the depth at the safety position right now for this Packers team. How comfortable are you with the depth behind Amos and Savage? Oh, I'm not. Uh, I mean, in past years, you had maybe some guys, Raven Green was somebody who stepped in. I mean, even Will Redman, not a great player, but somebody you've seen play some football before. Vernon Scott is the guy that seems to be the one right now behind those guys. Um, Sean Davis has played some football for them in the past. Dallin Levitt's going to be out for a while. He got injured. There's just not a whole lot there in terms of proven NFL snaps between Vernon Scott didn't play any defensive snaps at all last season. So there you go. Him and Savage, thankfully Amos and Savage don't miss a whole lot of time, but in terms of actual depth, yeah, who knows? Maybe that's something that they do with, with some of their extra corners. I think they like their corner depth more uh, certainly than their safety depth. When you talk about guys like Keyshawn Nixon, Shamar John Charles, players of that sort moving those guys around that way. But, yeah, if Amos or Savage have to miss any times that's significant, I think there's plenty of breath to be held there. All right, with Jacob Westendorf here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan, follow him on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. Uh, the other area that I think coming in people had questions about was the depth at outside linebacker as far as pass rushers go uh, and really what they have behind you know, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. Uh, how do you feel about that depth? Yeah, I think that's their biggest concern right now. Um, outside of, you know, if you talk about the obvious ones, David Bakhtiari's injury status, the wide receiver room status. Um, once you get past that, again, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, very good. The guys behind them, nobody has played significant NFL football at a high level. Jonathan Garvin has been little more than just a guy. The same is true of Tipa Nalea. Kingsley Anigbari had a nice night on Friday and followed that up with a good practice yesterday. But he's a fifth-round rookie that athletically didn't, you know, doesn't test like the way that you might see with some of these other guys that are playing outside linebacker for them. They make up for some of that with the depth they have on their defensive line. But again, this is another spot where if Preston Smith goes down or Rashawn Gary goes down, and again, knock on wood, thankfully they haven't missed a lot of time in their NFL careers. But if they do, that's another position where Green Bay is looking at below average to, you know, maybe replacement level play at what is arguably what the second or third most position on the roster. If you start talking about pass rushers that way, it's concerning. Hopefully Gary and Smith have another really healthy season in front of them. You know, I, I want to talk a, a little bit 
uh, about the draft and how that whole thing played out. Because the Green Bay Packers move up to take Christian Watson, who's now practicing. George Pickens, the wide receiver from Georgia, obviously was there. Gary Ellerson, who co-hosts with me on the Wendy's Big Show, he wanted Pickens in the first round. Didn't go in the first round. So now you come back in day two, you move up, you take Watson, Pickens slides all the way to pick 52 uh, to Pittsburgh. Now, when we talked to a guy from Georgia uh, about Wyatt uh, and about Walker, and we asked him about Pickens, he said the day after, the, what was it, that, that Monday, I guess, after the draft, that there were concerns about whether or not he really loved playing football and how much he was in this for the football versus how much he was in it for what football can bring him the you know from off the field and so forth. And there was questions about that. Uh, it's early. It's training camp. We haven't played a regular season game yet, but he looks like he might be the real deal. Yeah, Pickett certainly looks the part. He was a wide receiver one in the Green Bay draft guide. So over Chris Olave, Jameson Williams, all those guys, he was wide receiver one. Now Morley did the receivers, so he's the one who ranked it that way. But I like Pickens, too. Uh, the questions that you had are things I heard as well. And I, I do know the Packers did a lot of work on George Pickens and ultimately went with the guy. I said this yesterday that, you know, Pickens is a guy who is young. He played at a big program, and he athletically fits everything the Packers usually have wanted in their receivers under Brian Gutekunst. Instead, they picked a guy who went to North Dakota State who athletically fits those things, but he's also a little bit older. There's probably a reason for that. I don't know what those reasons are. We'll probably never fully find out, but I'm guessing with as much homework as the Packers did on George Pickens, maybe they thought there was some credence to that theory of what you were talking about with does he love football or does he love you know the things that come with football. I don't know. I'm not going to question that. Like you said, he looks like he's the real deal, and there's kind of a rule of thumb that I have. It's similar to if the Packers draft an offensive lineman in the fourth round, I just assume he's good because that's the way things have gone in Green Bay over the last decade. If the Pittsburgh Steelers draft a receiver in the second round, you can also probably just assume that he's good. And honestly, if there is some issues about the fire in his belly or something like that, Mike Tomlin is the perfect head coach for him, so he'll probably succeed. And a lot of times that's what it comes down to is what situation – did you find yourself in? Yeah. Maybe that's a match made in heaven for him. But that's the thing. I mean, couldn't you say the same thing about the Packers' second-round wide receivers? That if they take a receiver in the second round, odds are that player is going to be good? I mean, they've got a track record of being good with second-round wide receivers. Yeah, they do. They do. And, you know, Watson was a second-round receiver, so maybe he ends up being better than Pickens. That'll be one of the fun things to kind of track as we go through everything. Hopefully it goes better than some of the ones have gone in recent memory. That's the other thing about this too, right? So you drafted two kids from Georgia in the first round. I wonder if they ever had a conversation with those two guys about Pickens, about, Hey man, you know, your teammates on the board there, you know, what do you think about Pickens? Blah, blah, blah. And you, I wonder if you have that conversation or you go, ah, they're just going to stick up for their guy. I'm not going to bother. Just wonder. I, I just yeah, that, curious. That that could be. And, I, and I'm curious about it as well. Cause we talked about the fire in the belly and some of that other stuff with Pickens. They were willing to take somebody from Georgia that had some concerns. Brian Gutekunst mentioned, I believe he called it stubbing his toe a little bit later with Devontae Wyatt. So I don't know. You know, there's a lot that we'll never know. I just think it's going to be something that's really interesting to watch. Can you imagine if they spent their first three picks in the draft all on Georgia Bulldogs? That Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. I would have been completely fine with it. You could pick worse programs to take three players from. So Yeah, the national champions, not too bad. Yeah, though, right? yeah I would have been fine with it. Jacob Westendorf, follow him on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. Game on Wisconsin. Make sure to check that out as well. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. You bet you take care. There he is, Jacob Westendorf uh, on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. I'm applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe. Like Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com to Day. Coming up next, your chance to hear from Pro Football Hall of Famer Ron Wolf, the former Packers GM, joined us on the Wendy's Big Show uh, earlier today and had all kinds of stuff that we did not know. Specifically, the biggest, one of the biggest nuggets here was just how close Bill Parcells was to becoming a Green Bay Packers head coach instead of Mike Holmgren. This is a story, as far as I know, was never told before until Ron Wolf told it today on the Big Show. We'll let you hear that straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan, how are you doing here on a Monday? Again, thanks to Toby Altizer, Sam Schmitz, Adam Roberts, all for filling in for me while I was out. And Fan Afternoon Show has been a roller coaster of personalities as well. Toby Altizer, Kevin Holden, Scott Krosky was in last week for CBS 58 Sports. Uh, Tim Allen filling in for the Fan Afternoon Show coming up here in about 24 minutes or so. Tomorrow, Kevin Holden in. uh, And then Toby Altizer will be in Wednesday through the remainder of the week after that. So today, Tim Allen. Tomorrow, Kevin Holden. And then Toby Altizer in for the remainder of the week. Toby Altizer filling in for Bart, who is off today and tomorrow on uh, the morning show. So there you go. Eventually, all these days off and so forth are all going to be done as we get closer here to football season. Then you'll have all of us all the time uh, throughout the regular season. Uh, Okay, so Ron Wolf joined us earlier, the Pro Football Hall of Famer, Packers GM. Uh, And it was Gary, Leroy Butler, myself. First time we've had Ron Wolf on since Leroy's uh, induction into the Hall of Fame officially in Canton. Uh, And started off talking to Ron Wolf about what it was like for him. You know, that week leading up to having to make the speech, um, doing all the events and all that stuff. What was that week like for him when he was going into the Hall of Fame? I think the biggest thing, uh, as far as I was concerned, was I was pinching myself the entire time uh, to 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 be selected to be a member of that unique community, if you will, is rare. And to have someone like myself, a real, true pro football aficionado, get in there, remarkable. And it, I think we did a pretty good job bringing the Packers back. Uh, the guy sitting in that room with you was part of that. He played a huge role in in the reformation, if you will, of the Green Bay Packers. And uh, he could probably tell you better than I could, but you, you, you're kind of walking about three feet off the ground That's the true. entire time you're there. And it's uh, it's an awesome experience because you you see the names and the people that made this game the best game in the United States, and a lot of them are Packers. First and foremost, Curly Lambeau. Just think about what he accomplished. And you look, when you walk in Lambeau Field, and you look at those names that that surround the stadium or the playing field, and you realize every one of those guys played a significant role in the development of this game. And they all you have to do is look at the names and you know exactly, exactly what team they were associated with. And that's what it's all about. Uh, Ron Leroy Butler, I think one of the biggest things when we were sitting there uh, eating breakfast before the parade, that was amazing. I liked it because neither one of us had to pay for it. That's what I like about being <laughs> all in favor. You had free breakfast. But I, I, this is one thing I think most of the, our teammates uh, who were at my party – wanted to know 
Let's go all the way back when you were searching for a coach. Now, I had a great conversation with Dick Vermeer, who also went in with my class. I said, Dick, I thought you were going to be our coach. Then I thought somebody said, this is just media reports. But now remember, this was print media. Well, I thought it was going to be Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells. And it was like three other big name people. So what got you on to Mike Holmgren, who I think is a Hall of Fame? What, yeah, what, how did you hire him? What was that process like? Well, the process was was quite simple. I had, I had a few names and, uh, 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 one of the best things I, I ever did, Bill Parcells is a very close friend of mine, and uh, I offered him the job, and he turned it down because he had to have open-heart surgery. Uh, so in in a way, I was fortunate because it made me go to work, and I was always brought up that the ideal co- head coach is were defensive guys, you know, Don Shola, mm-hmm. Chuck Knoll, John Madden. But then suddenly you look around and there's Bill Walsh and Joe Gibbs sticking their nose in there and say, oh, wait a minute, this game has changed a little bit. Offensive guys are, are, are taking over. And there wasn't a better offensive guy, I wouldn't have said, than, than what Mike Holmgren did. Uh, with San Francisco without Younger Montana. Mm-hmm. They went 10 and 6 and got in the playoffs. So I'm thinking this is really the guy I have to concentrate on. And fortunately, he decided to uh, to come to Green Bay. And the rest of the say is this, but I'm with you. There's yeah. a lot of guys that are being nominated and put in that Hall of Fame that don't deserve it. Yeah, Mike Holmgren deserves it. Yeah, Ron, because I, I really I, – what did Bob Harlan say? Because I, I don't know if he was thinking, okay, after Lindy Infante, do we need a big-time, big-name coach? Or Bob Harlan, to me, is platinum. Or did he say, listen, Ron, you're in charge of all football operations. You run it, and, and I'm just going to get out your way and just make sure you have every tool you need to get this franchise back on track. That's what he did. and. And uh, we were fortunate enough to, you know, to be able to make the right moves. It, it helped having that where I would tell him what I was going to do, but he never told me what, what to do or what not to do. He went right along with it. And, uh, uh, you know, fortunately, Leroy worked out, but a lot of those people listening don't understand, you know, that, that locker room is a volatile place. And the guy that had the offensive end of that room was Brett Favre. And the guy that had the defensive room was Leroy Butler. Not the guy everybody thinks it was. And that helps because you've got guys that are determined to improve themselves, their team, and their teammates. And uh, that is a big, big plus for us to have someone of your ilk in that in that locker room leading those players. Tell me what it was like when you were getting the crap beat out of you. You know what I'm saying there? Mm-hmm. And uh, suddenly we were able to change the personnel factor and bring in some quality players and took off. Hey, we had an 841 winning percentage in Lambeau Field when I was there. Oh, my goodness. And before that, it was in the 300s. Yeah, I was in the 300s one. I was, yeah, Gary, I was there for the 300s. Yeah. We got both you sides. Much. We got both sides of the story here on the <laughs> big show. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, respectfully, Gary. Yeah, respectfully. thank you very much. I, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. It's all right, Gary. Uh, Ron Wolf, Pro Football <laughs> Hall of Fame, Packers General Manager, joining us here on the Wendy's Big Show. So, and then backing up, though, Ron, so you, you got to go in. Now, you get a coach, but you've got to go in, though, and you've got to assess the talent that's there. And and you, you're walking in the locker room, and you're saying to yourself, okay, I, I got X number of players. I know some of these guys are not going to be here. How did you assess the talent when you walked in the door? Well, 
you know, Gary, it, it, it's a very e- easy process. Who, who can play and who can't play? And, uh, you know, the, there were some good players there. There's yeah. no question about yeah. that. There were good players there, but just not the right direction. I mean, when I walked, I'll never forget this. I walked out of practice. They're practicing. They have an indoor facility. Granted, it's not a great facility, but they still had a an indoor facility. And these guys are out in in snowbanks trying to practice football. And why? Why? The object the object is to get better. The object is to find out who could play, who can't play. That's the object. And the guys know. The guys you know, some guys were Taking you know, just taking taking a paycheck, going down have a, a beer or two after the game, or after practice. But you got to find the guys that that football is important to. And and as I said before, we had, particularly on the defensive side, we had a guy that football was important to, and uh, he just went in the Hall of Fame. Start with Ron Wolf, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Packers general manager. Obviously, we're in training camp now. Cuts are going to get start getting made here today and tomorrow, and more cuts will come between now uh, and week one. Uh, this Packers team, uh, obviously, a heavy emphasis on special teams. The new special teams uh, coach now in place, uh, bringing over a couple guys from the Raiders that were special teams uh, guys over there uh, for Rich Bisaccia. When you were running things for the Green Bay Packers, how much emphasis did you put on you know, having those two or three guys that, yeah, you, you weren't really, you know, buying into you're going to be regular everyday players or every Sunday players, but they're specifically on the team because they're really good at special teams. That was very important to me. Very important to me because 33 and a third percent of the time you're, you're involved in special teams. And uh, we concentrated on that. Craig Hentry came in and did a fabulous job for us because, as you know, in late October, November, and December, it's, it's like kicking a cinder block. That's not easy up there in Green Bay playing and that stuff. But he handled that, and he could do that. So we concentrated on that, or let's put it like this. I concentrated on that in making sure that we had uh, the, the right parts. I wasn't always able to fix it. And in my entire time that I was there, which was nine years, the one guy we lost in free agency that I could never replace was Craig Hendrick. I could replace the rest of the guys, mm-hmm. but I could never replace him. And I think that hurt us. Ron, I think I think when you talk about special teams, because we were, I, I'm assuming people in Wisconsin know number one offense, defense, that special team. And one of the biggest signings was Desmond Howard. The guy was truly amazing. But the last question we have for you, and please tell your wife uh, we say hello because she's amazing. It just um, sitting in that Hall of Fame room, and kind of got a chance to sit next to uh, Mr. Davis, um, the owner of the Raiders. I said, give me some dirt on Ron. Scott can go back to him and have breakfast with him tomorrow. I want to give me some dirt on Ron. He looked me square in the eye, Ron. There's no dirt on Ron Wolf. So I don't know what you got on these people in radio day, but they wouldn't tell me anything. So so I just appreciate the fact that, you know, because I think my mom always talked about you knowing who you are when you leave the room. When you leave the room and me and him got into a discussion about when you got into people value what you did, um, Tampa, the Raiders, everywhere you've been. But when you went to Green Bay, you rejuvenated something that has not stopped since. So we just want to give you your flowers and appreciate you. So, again, thank you for coming on. This was a very special treat. Gary, you got one more question? Yeah, if you're going to go ahead and ask him when I do have one. No, you go ahead. I was just going to wrap up. But go ahead. Gary got one more. Go yeah. ahead, Gary. Well, Since you're the he, 300s. Well, because well, he – yeah, right. <laughs> thank you very much. But, no, he yeah. mentioned Mike Holmgren, right? And he's up yes, for yes. the Hall of Fame. And, you, yep, but, yep, and, 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 yep. and Ron, you, you brought him in yes. and gave him his first yes. shot, then left there goes – I mean, if you look at his record and what he's done, I would agree with you that he is deserving to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 
I agree with you 100. percent 151 games. That's not easy, right? Exactly. And, you know, in, in that competition, obviously, uh, not all those wins are are with the Packers, but uh, you know, and and he had he had one heck of a staff that he hired. Uh, there's a guy down there in Kansas City. He's a top five wins all time in the National Andy Football Reed. League named Andy Reid yeah. that was on his staff. So he, you know, he deserves to be in. And, I, you know, there are guys, again, there are guys that that haven't gotten in that deserve to be in. And, I mean, Marty Schottenheimer won over 200 games. Good God am I. <laughs> yeah, think about that. Yes. And, and the fact that he never won a playoff game, they haven't put him in the Hall of Fame. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, there's a guy that just got in recently that won 80 games as a head football coach. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see where it all goes. Hopefully Mike, you know, Mike gets his day. I see he's got some tough competition. Buddy Parker, Buddy Parker uh, rejuvenated not only Detroit, which hasn't, Recovered from him since 1957. Yeah. Think about that. Oh, my God. Think about that. And Mike Shanahan's on there, too. And uh, uh, Mike Shanahan's on yeah, that list. Yeah, Don yeah. Coriel. I mean, it's a yeah. Clark Shaughnessy who really invented the T formation and then the defense to stop the T formation. People don't know who he is, but I think he coached 50 years more as an assistant. A brilliant man. So anyway, it's it's yeah. it's tough competition. That's why it's a Hall of Fame. Correct. What number are you, Leroy? 357. Think about that. Yeah. 352. Yeah. Mm. Holy smokes. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> one congratulations other, to you. Yeah, uh, one you. other we player. One other, one other player I want to get with you real quick. Because all this stuff is, is really being about longevity too. But Sterling Sharp. When he was doing it, and maybe the career wasn't long enough because I hear that's that's a thing. But when he was doing it, I mean, I, I don't think there was a receiver better than Sterling Sharp when he had that short career here in Green Bay. Including Rice. Yeah, I agree Rice. with you 100%. That's mm-hmm. a bunch of monkey crap that he's not in the Hall of Fame. He dominated his era when he played. And he only played, I say only, I think seven or eight years. But they were remarkable years. and. And he was at the top of his game. Look at it. the defense. Leroy can talk about this after you get done with me, but I'm sure early on when we had 52, 53, 50, or, wait a minute, 92, 93, mm-hmm. and 94, they're looking at the pack that, you know, we take away sharp, we'll beat those guys. Yep. Guess what? That's right. They never, ever, ever took him away. And that's his crowning jewel. I think he's a remarkable football player, and uh, he deserves to be in there uh, in that Hall of Fame because of what he accomplished. You know, that Davis is in there from Denver, a short-term guy, had had three really good years. I mean, I I can't dispute that. But when you think about dominating, sharp dominated, in a tough division, in a tough environment, weather-wise, at a skilled position. So he deserves to be in there, no question about it, Gary. There he is, Pro Football Hall of Famer Ron Wolf joining us early on the Schneider Orange Hotline on the Big Show. If you missed that again, bigshownetwork.com. And again, a story I never heard. Ron Wolf saying on the Big Show, we offered that job to Bill Parcells to be the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Offered it to him. But he had to have open-heart surgery. Um, and didn't take it. Otherwise, he would have been the coach of the Packers. Mike Holmgren never would have happened. Who knows how different history is, but Bill Parcells was offered that job previous uh, to Mike Holmgren obviously being offered the job uh, at that point. Steve Sparky Fiver, A.R. Adam Roberts, Sparky's Midday Madness. Up next, the franchise, Tim Allen, as he gets ready for the Fan Afternoon Show. Straight ahead here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan live from the Lakeland <laughs> University studios offering evening and online master's programs at Lakeland University right now. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. The franchise, Tim Allen, G. Wagner Fleming baseball postgame show after each and every game. 
17 years running. You hear him, and you'll hear him again throughout the rest of the regular season. Brewers lose two out of three to the Cardinals, and Tim's hosting the Fan Afternoon Show. But before we get to that, I want to talk about Brewers. Um, I, I guess I'm I'm curious. Like, so you make the hater deal. Um, and in my mind, and I, I tweeted it out, this is just clear as day. They didn't believe they were a World Series team, but they still wanted to mm-hmm. win the division and make the playoffs. That's what this was. Uh, so you go for a guy in Taylor Rogers that's been trashed since May. Uh, you give up Hader, who also had been trashed since May. Uh, and then you get a couple of prospects. They like that pitching prospect far more than what I do, based on what I've read on this Gasser guy. Um, the outfield kid looks pretty good. If he cuts down on his strikeouts and makes better contact, that might be something. Super fast kid. Okay, fine. Then you take a complete roll of the dice on Rosenthal, who may be ready you know, at some point next month, but he hasn't pitched worth a damn in three to four years. Um, so you're hoping and praying to God that that works out. And this Taylor Rogers dude doesn't appear like he's getting any better, Tim, and it cost him yesterday. Yeah, it did. And you wonder why analytics work w- offensively for Council. Uh, But yet on the mound, they don't. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.